Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Get the Flick Out of Here, uh, uh, featuring me, Alex Polowski, and also Kate. Kate. Kate Elizabeth, how are you doing um, on this? Jeez, uh, it, it feels like um, I haven't slept in days. Um, uh, Is it just, perhaps because you haven't slept in days? I mean, I've slept, but not not restful sleep. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like I've been, which is true, that I've been doing a podcast literally uh, every day for a week or something. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, I, hey, but it's a living. Um, I mean, not really. I mean, they don't pay us that hey. well, but, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. Um, this is the show on the Know Your News Network where we talk about um, uh, stupid, dumb, bad, and or weird movies and TV shows. Um, I would say that of those descriptions, tonight's film only uh, is described by one of those things. It's weird. 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 It's a weird movie, but I certainly don't think it's dumb or stupid and i don't think it's bad um it's weird it's only it is a weird. weird um like i don't know if i like it or not weird like you which, like it which You've is totally which is, which is totally fine but even if you don't like it do you think you don't like it because it's bad or because it's just too weird i think there's elements of it that are bad Mm-hmm. I don't think overall it's bad. Okay. I think it was overly ambitious. That'll which happen. I will I will never fault I I will rarely fault being so artistic you're taking an incredible risk. Um I will never say something like that should get the flick out of here even if it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Like if it's because you are embracing creativity to a level that like I either A don't understand or B falls out of my taste, I will never fault someone for that. Being too safe, I will crush you. I will tell you to get the flick out of here all the time. I suppose we should say what the movie is. We are watching we are reviewing uh 2021's uh pig. Yes, we uh, are starring um Nicolas Cage and available to stream on Hulu. If you have the Hulu, um, uh, I remember seeing the trailer for this or teaser or something, um, and I had no idea what it was. It just said "pig," trailer "pig," and I clicked on it, and um, and it's just it's nothing. It's just um, like a helicopter shot going over like pine forests, and then you just hear then the screen goes black and you just hear. I'm looking for a truffle pig. And if you if you're a Nicolas Cage fanatic as I happen to be, you could recognize his voice a mile away. So when when you hear, when I hear Nicolas Cage go, I'm looking for a truffle pig. Sold. I am sold. I don't care what the rest of the movie is. Give it to me. Give it to me right now. Um uh so uh so Yes. Uh, um, I don't even know how he, he's living out in the middle of the woods. Well, I'm going to like here's a little plot line. 
spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen Pig. Um, uh, he lives out in the middle of the woods in a shack, a literal shack, with a pig. It's like reddish-brown. It's very furry. It's um, a pig. It's a pig. But it's like, I think some people think pig and they go pink. They're not pink. It's like, it's a it's a furry, reddish-brown uh, pig. Sure. Um, and, and it's a truffle pig, which I did not know was a, was a, I had heard of, but didn't know what, what, it, what it, what it really was. Uh, they can sniff out very rare mushrooms that grow underground called truffles. And you can train a pig to do this. Um, pigs don't, the pigs don't come out of, of the, of their, of their mother's womb. Is it like you can breed truffle pigs? Well, like some of them might be easier to train than others, but you still have to train them to do it. Right. Um, and this pig, uh, finds truffles and, uh, you can tell just, they go back to his shack after the pig finds a truffle and, uh, he's lovingly slices it up with really good knives for a, for a, for a, <laughs> for a, a tiny shack, for in the a shack man. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, he's got like a little hot plate, but he's got all these spices and oils and awesome like uh pots and cutlery and um he he makes a, a brilliant like uh fancy dinner for himself and then the he and the pig sit out on the porch and eat dinner uh and very early on after that um we get a guy showing up driving out like looks like a I don't know, like a Miata type, like a very a sportsy sports car. Not something you would expect to see in in the woods, the pines, uh, no, checking in no. on somebody no. who uh, is a man in a shack. And this guy comes out to Nicolas Cage's shack to buy truffles from him. And this is what Nicolas Cage's existence is. And not only does he buy the truffles, but he also comes with groceries to give... Nicholas Cage, like part part of his payment, I guess, is in groceries, so he can still live. And it would seem as though these truffles are not strictly for him. These truffles no. are wholesale. It's some kind of a <laughs> business being run. Yeah. Um, the guy's very young, fast talker, great actor. Yeah, I great actor. Yeah, guy. I'm gonna look that guy up because I had never seen him before, and I thought he was great. Um, I thought he was very good. Um, I also have a thing with Nicolas Cage where I don't know his name in any of the movie season because he's just Nicolas Cage. Cage. And that's not a reflection of his acting. His performance in this was actually great. Yes. Um, But I just, he's Nicolas Cage. Yes. Um, The name of the actor is Alex Wolf. He was very good. With two Fs. So so convention dictates on, on any show that we are on that his name is now Alex Wolfifa. That is correct. If you come from our NXT yeah. review and yeah. you know who Braun Breaker is, yeah. you know we call him Braun Breaker Kirk because his name has two Ks unnecessarily. So yeah. now if you, he will be you, Alex Wolf. If you have two consonants back to back, they must be pronounced. I don't care if they're silent. They're it's not just, to me. That's the way of the world. Alex Wolfafa. Um, so, uh, so anyway, the next thing that happens is that there is a a home invasion. There is a shack invasion um, of of his of his little tiny shed in the woods, and somebody like knocks him out 
and steals the pig. And 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 when he wakes up, you can tell he's very, very, very distraught by this. This was this is not just any pig. Like he's very distraught by losing this pig. It was uh, at this point that I thought perhaps this pig had a historical document of some kind <laughs> attached to him. <laughs> and one must go on a treasure hunt of yeah. sorts for such a thing. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> of Independence! That's it. The show's not going to get better than that. Sorry. This was a great episode. Thanks. Go watch, go watch it. Leave them wanting more. Um, <laughs> eight minutes and 42 seconds into the show, we're done. That's it. Um, it's not going to get better than Declaration of Independence. <laughs> okay. So, he... He gets in his uh, his old truck that he's obviously haven't driven in forever. Um, and he tries to drive it, but it can't drive. It is not going to work. Like it just doesn't doesn't run anymore. So he walks out of the woods to a seems like a a major road, but not like a four lane highway. Just like you know, a road. It's paved and everything. And he walks for a long time, and he comes to a diner. And he walks in and he asks for some lady's name. They go, she died five years ago. Oh, can I use your phone? So he's been in the woods for five years. Or at least it's been five years since he's been to this diner. Yeah. And like, it seems like without human contact, other than the dude who buys his truffles. Other than Alex Wolfefa. Alex Wolfefa. So he calls. Uh, Alex Wolfefa, who comes to pick him up. Uh, and they go to this other woman who is a, another truffle wholesaler. And this is where it starts to get really weird because so many things are not explained in yeah. this movie. Because, and I actually kind of enjoy this, because for the people involved in the action, the, the characters wouldn't need any unnecessary exposition. Both Alex right. Wolfefa and Nicolas Cage know who this woman is, who runs a kind of farmer's market for only truffles out in the middle of the woods. That's basically what she does. Um, but we're never really introduced to who she is or what she's doing or why. But um, he comes to her and says, somebody stole my truffle pig. And she immediately knows who it was. It loses her mind about it, kind and of. And so like, angry so about pissed. it. And nobody she, messes with. Yeah, nobody Whipsy, messes I think, with or whatever her name yeah. was. Oh, the all cast and crew. Let's see. They're going to tell me who this is. Uh, uh, nope, that's not right. That was the that was the thing. I don't remember who what her name was. Um, uh, but I. I really, really uh, liked her little character. And I was like, oh, cool. A new character for this. Nope, she's in one scene. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, old lady who runs a farmer's market for only truffles in the middle of the woods. Um, but then again, her her purpose was fulfilled after this. She takes Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolfefa out to a trailer in another part of the forest. Um, and there are these two meth heads who live there. Who one who looks like Kristen Wiig. But yes. wasn't Kristen Wig, but I thought it, it was, was Kristen Wig, but it wasn't was not Kristen Wig. Kristen Wig. Um, uh, so they 
Um, they almost immediately admit to having stolen the pig. But then they also say they sold it to a guy in a suit. Yes. And I was like, so, so. Really cracked but, under the pressure, but they're also meth heads. So maybe like they weren't. And it was like, they, the, they weren't, the only thing that they were mostly afraid of is disappointing old lady who runs a farmer's market for only truffles. Like they were like, they was like, I'm sorry, mom, but it wasn't their mom. I don't think it was. Right. It was, but it was just like this weird thing. They, they felt really bad for having done it. Um, Cause she goes, she says something to the effect of, um, like, basically I just ask respect from the people I do business with. Yes. And it was like, they had betrayed that. So it was actually a pretty good scene. Yeah. Um, and so they say somebody who's a suit um, and obviously somebody who put him up to it. Otherwise, I don't know where they would have found somebody with a suit. And also the idea of like, we've got this pig we stole. Hey, guy in a suit, you want to buy a pig? Now, the guy in the suit like paid them to go steal the pig. Right. So um, we now become it now becomes a literal odyssey. It is almost a Greek odyssey, which is Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolfefa in Alex Wolfefa's yellow sports car driving into Portland, Oregon. Now, I grew up in a very tiny town about a half hour west of Eugene, Oregon, um, uh, which is two hours and change south of Portland. I've been to Portland many times. Portland, since I have actually lived in that vicinity has gotten way, way, way more um, weird. <laughs> but I know people who live there. My brother lived there for a long time. Um, uh, and and I guarantee you, what is about to happen when we describe the rest of this movie to you will seem far-fetched. But if you live in Portland, you'd be like, yeah, seems about right. Story checks out. Yeah, yeah. Seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so they're just trying to find the guy in the suit. Um, who who would steal this pig? Obviously, it's somebody who needs, who wants truffles, who sells the truffles, right? So Alex Wolfefa has all these contacts at restaurants. That's what he does. He buys the truffles from Nicolas Cage and other people, and he sells them to restaurants who use the truffles in very fancy dishes and charge a lot of money for it. Um, so he goes to one of his guys and he says, if it's anybody, it's this dude. I think I'm remembering the order of this correctly. Yes. Yep. Um, and they go to this guy's restaurant. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Before that, right? No. Yeah. Fight Club scene one comes before that. Fight yeah. Club scene one. Oh, they go to find this guy in the back of some bar who looks like a, a knockoff Paul Giamatti. <laughs> uh, kind of is. Knockoff Paul Giamatti, whose name is Edgar. Um, that much I did remember. Um, uh, is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have this pig, whatever, whatever. And then Nicholas Cage doesn't accept that. So he goes to this guy's... He goes to a different bar, an old hotel, and he explains... All of these hotels are built on other older things. So there's always tunnels underneath all of these places because everything burned down a hundred years ago, but okay. we built it on top of it. One thing that I really liked about Alex Wolfefa was he, he did not just buy into this journey at first. 
Yes. Like he was like, I'm not driving your ass to the city. And then when it got to this point of the movie, he literally like several times was like, I'm not in the loop. Fuck this. Fuck you. I'm fucking out of here. Like he said the F word like eight times. And I was like, that rules because that's how I would actually react in this situation. Like, yes. I did you a favor because you're my friend. And now it's getting weird. And I am out of here. This whole thing feels incredibly sketchy. And he was right. It is incredibly sketchy. Yes. Um, but then Nicolas Cage gives the backstory, which I appreciated how organically they worked in um, him giving the backstory of this into the conversation because it, that felt very real, which was nice. It wasn't like, and here's where I explain to you what's going on. Like it felt um, felt very Sorkin to me, where it's like sometimes yeah he, he uh, especially on the West Wing, it's just like my favorite show ever, would f- just fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. in in dialogue with the characters really really naturally and this this gave me that feel i appreciated that about the scene yeah um anyway they they take the it's so uh, weird this so weird but it is so true like um the pacific northwest was a hotbed of human trafficking in the late late 1800s um uh and yeah, it was people were sold into slavery all over the place in the Pacific Northwest. It was not a good place to live. Um, the very worst people settled like hmm. It's just weird to think because they now have this very uh reputation of being a very hippie, granola, crunchy hipster type town, of yeah. hipster type of place. Crappy Oregon, Oregon was founded as uh, a white supremacist state. Um Literally for years and years on the books, black people were not allowed to move to the state of Oregon. <laughs> like it was just like, like if you could enforce a law that says if you're black, you're not allowed to move here. Um, they had some really, really fucked up things that were going on in that, in that, in that state. Um, uh, so there's a whole, there's a whole sequence of tunnels um, where people would be like literally snatched off, uh, off the street, down to the tunnels uh, put on a boat underground out to the Columbia River and down to the to, to Pacific Ocean where there was a um, a boat ready to buy the people that had been kidnapped off the street and then taken across the Pacific uh, to be sold into slavery in China. That was a thing that happened uh, for realsies um, uh, 130 years ago. Probably much more recently than that. But... Um, so anyway, there's all these tunnels underground all over Portland. And Nicolas Cage explains this because, understandably, when they move a big shelf out of the way of a wall and there's a false wall and a door there, Alex Wolfefa is like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? What crazy Narnia are you taking me to? And Nicolas Cage explains what this all is about. But... They get to the bottom of this tunnel and there's a big open room where Edgar is running a fight club. Um, and it's uh, it's all a bunch of waiters from the from the fancy restaurants above and some people who are like taking in the sights of this fight club, betting on it. And Nicolas Cage offers himself up as tribute for this thing. Like, he doesn't even fight, but he just, like, says, who wants to beat me up? 
And um, here's every... where I have a problem. Okay. It's a real big leap to an earlier but justified scene of it would take me a really long time to train another pig to do this. Um, it would take a whole other season, he says. Right. To I am willing to sacrifice at myself as tribute in this underground fight club instead yeah. of train another pig. Right. Well, this is the thing about it is that we learn later that's not actually why. Yeah. But at this um, moment, I was right. like, this is a Why do you care leap. about this pig so much is a, is a thing because yes. it's not that. But anyway, um, Oh, I should say earlier in the movie, he plays a cassette tape. That right, at yeah. right, the, right at the beginning, yeah. Right at the beginning that is mm -hmm. obviously like... Um, it's a woman's voice. A woman's voice, like dedicated to him. Like it was something... She wrote a song for him for his birthday or something. It's probably a wife, a dead lover, whatever. Um, but you get the sense of like, that's all he has left of her. And it yes. was a, it's a very moving, and it's also just, it's such a wonderful, it feels true and also way over the top weird at the same time. Like, like it's so, it's so hipstery and, and Portlandia of all I have left of my dead wife is this cassette tape and I'll put it into this. Oh, because that's one of the things, one of the things that Alex Wolfafa brings is D batteries to put in the boom box because there's no electricity out there. And so the first thing he does is put the D batteries in there and listens to part of the tape and then turns it off because it's too too it's too hard for him to listen to. So this is what yeah. Like with that, it was odd because the act of it was very sweet. But it's if you're a wrestling fan, he looks like Luke Harper. Like <laughs> like like not Brody Lee, like Luke Harper. Yeah. Um in a in a shack playing this tape player to himself yeah so it's like a juxtaposition of a very uh sincere and genuine scene mm -hmm. but in this if and i was like if this is a horror movie and i told the some bitch i can't do horror movies it wasn't spoiler um but uh but it, it, it had that feeling like that abandoned shack there's just like this this guy uh, who hasn't taken a shower in six years, <laughs> uh, playing this cassette of a woman's voice. But it's a very personal message that's on there. Yeah, Yeah. one thing Alex Wolfova says, hey, you know, I could um, I could bring in one of those camp showers. It just works like to hook up like to like a fire or whatever. And then you could, you know, you could do it that way. And you wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't smell so bad every time I come out here. For as weird of a movie as this was, and we'll cut back to Fight Club, um, a lot of the weirdness was justified. I was very impressed by that. Yeah. Very, very impressed, especially in the relationship between the two of them, because you're kind of like, wouldn't Alex Wolfa at this point in the movie, wouldn't yeah. you assume that this guy would just go find another friend for his supplier or whatever, mm -hmm. or have this guy committed to a mental institution right. if he does care about him? But I felt like a lot of it's a very weird movie, but a lot of it was justified, which made it easy to buy into. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Back at Fight Club. Back at Fight Club. Um, he writes his name up on a on a wall, like who he is, and everyone immediately wants to be the person to beat the hell out of him. And it's this tiny little waiter 
in a like a, a, a rose-colored satin vest and a bow tie who beats the ever-loving piss out of Nicolas Cage. And it is a cathartic moment for this little tiny waiter who never has any lines of dialogue. Um, no, and it's timed. Yes. And he kind of goes past the time. Like yeah. that was, it was very, the whole movie is very artistically shot. It's really, yeah. really, um, from an aesthetic perspective, very good. Um, but you see like the time ticking by, you see Alex Wolfafa being like, is this going to end or am I going to watch this guy die in my day that started by a shack trying to get my truffles? I'm now going to watch my supplier slash friend die. Um, yeah. And you see the the clock strike the amount of time and then yeah. you see this guy get a couple more shots in and they pull him off. But when you said catharsis, like that's what it was. You could see yeah. this guy was just unleashing all of the anger he ever had in his life in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess by doing that, what was the point of that? Did he get did he get Edgar to tell him some information or something? Like what was the what was the end game of that scene? I forget it's, it's she saw it like today or yesterday. I watched it a month ago. I saw it yesterday and I'm having trouble grasping okay. the details. Right. But he gets a piece of paper with oh, the name right. on it of right. where he should go to get right. his pig, basically. Right. But even that, I was like, did he have to get the hell beaten out of him for that? That feels like a disconnect. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite scenes, not just in this movie, but in like a lot of recent movies that I've recently seen, because it was so odd, but also felt so true, was the scene where he, having had his head nearly caved in by a tiny waiter, and so he's got it covered in dried blood, and he and Alex Wolfafa go to the fanciest little bistro yes. you've ever seen for brunch the next morning. Um, and he... Everyone is looking like, oh, that, that was the thing. The whole scene starts with this waitress who describes the, the the thing that they're serving. And one of the things they do is they literally set a pine cone on fire and blow the smoke through a tube into a dome that oversets the little duck egg or whatever. It's the most fancy, foo-foo, ridiculous shit. And I guarantee you, it is like the third most fanciful, ridiculous foo-foo shit that they serve in Portland. Like, it's like ridiculous. Um, and he's like beaten and bloodied. Yeah. He also had a mark on his face from um, when they came in to steal the pig. They knocked right. him out. Yeah. So he was like just getting progressively more. And the, the makeup and stuff around it was really good. Right. It was like he looked very swollen. He looked like a guy after a UFC fight. But he... Uh, he he like takes a swig of the wine or whatever. So this is very good. I like to speak with his with the head chef. I'm like, okay, so certainly, sir. Certainly, bloody hobo. You may speak with our head chef in my fancy ass restaurant. And the best part is Alex Wolfafa being like, man, I don't want to be here. Like he's just so, he's really good. He's, at he's really good at playing he's this really part. Good. Um, and it's then it's very real, like you don't want to be right, in that situation. The, at all. the head chef comes out, and he is the most nervous man in, in the, the world. history of nerves. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like it, it is so obvious he does not belong here. 
And it's so interesting because he's running the most successful little bistro that serves duck eggs covered in smoke in the history of little bistros that serve duck eggs covered in smoke. But he doesn't belong here. No, it's like he accidentally was successful. Right. And the best part about it is like you get that feeling from watching him, but you wouldn't be able to put the words to it until Nicolas Cage puts the words to it to his face. Because because Alex Wolfe says, don't you recognize him? And this is where we start to get an idea of who the hell Nicolas Cage is. Because um, uh, I guess the guy's name is Chef Derek or whatever. Nervous guy. Nervous guy says, oh, my God, Chef. How how are you? It's good to see you. We've nobody seen you in 15 years. Um, and you get the the sense that like this guy was like the chef in all of Portland. Like, no, you if you wanted the fanciest restaurant, this guy was the head chef there, five stars, whatever. And so he's a god in the culinary circle of the Pacific Northwest. But nobody's seen him in 15 years. Everyone thought he was dead. Um and Immediately, Nicholas K starts running this guy down. Like, I know you. You used to work for me. I fired you because you sucked at this one thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but you always said that you wanted to start a sports bar or something, uh, a barbecue joint or served wings or whatever. Um, why are you doing this? And the guy, all he can do is smile and shake his head. Like, I don't understand why you're asking me this. Of course. This is the best thing I would ever do. Of course, I'm so happy doing this. And you can tell he's not. And eventually, like, Nicolas Cage just runs him down until he just starts crying about he's everything. so good. It's a really great scene, really well acted by this theater actor from, like, the Pacific Northwest. Like, this guy who plays the the nervous dude. Never seen him anything else. I, looked, I, I had to look him up because I was like, where else can I find this guy? You can't. It turns out he's just a really great actor who doesn't do anything else because they don't have, like, a film and television scene there. But uh, but he does theater all over the place, and he's great. Anyway, um, uh, he basically convinces this guy to shut down this bistro and go do the actual restaurant he wanted to do because he would be happier, um, but also gets him to give up the information about who has his pig. Like, you don't. You don't want to talk to him. You, you, can't, you can't see that. You can't talk to that man. And they make him out to be the devil. Yes. Like the basically like the way that they describe the dude who has his pig is just the worst human being in the world. Um, and I don't know, like if any of this sounds really, really good to you, and like you're a fan of Nicolas Cage's his works or artsy types of films or stuff like this, um I would say this is a good moment to turn this off and if you have not seen it go watch it because <laughs> yes. from here on out the spoilers are going to be pretty hard gonna... and fast and loose yeah like if you don't want to know the spoilers then go and watch the movie and come back if you don't give a shit or you've seen the movie already uh stick here around you, here you go um at this point i believe we are introduced to the information that the guy who probably has Nicolas Cage's pit, uh, pig, is Alex Wolfefa's father. Yes. Um, and it's a really, there's a really great scene that Alex Wolfefa has with Nicolas Cage over like French toast that he makes for him 
uh, in his own apartment. It's, his like very fancy, very yeah. well to do, very yeah. tiny ass, but very yes, fancy. But apartment. I, yeah, yeah. This guy is a lone wolf a little bit, but very successful. Like uh -huh. you definitely get the vibe. But um, there's this. God, it's such a great scene. It's one of my. It's a. This has a couple of really, really great scenes that are very moving. But in this scene, Alex Wolf of a, like says this whole thing of like. Um, my parents went out to eat at your restaurant. Um, and they came back and they were the happiest I'd ever seen them. I couldn't stop talking about the meal they had. They like ran down every last thing that was there. Um, uh, and that was the happiest he'd ever seen them. And it turns out that later his, his mother committed suicide. Um, and just the way it's all comes out in is, is a very, it's just a really well-written and impeccably acted scene. Uh, and then um, <laughs> um, Nicolas Cage um, has this awesome doomsday monologue that is something that I truly believe um, that is, this is why I'm, I keep trying to tell my parents to move out of, out of where they live because um he talks about there's a specific name for it. There's a phenomenon scientifically of it, but there's going to be, there is going to be an earthquake off the coast of the Pacific Northwest that will basically turn the whole thing into an ocean. Um, because it's just going to, the two tectonic plates, one's going to slide underneath the other one. The tidal wave is going to just wipe everything off the face of the map uh, within the, up to like 200 miles inland. Like it's going to be the worst thing we've ever seen because tidal waves that happen way out in the middle, they start start way out in the middle of the Pacific. By the time they get to the U.S. coast, it's not really that bad. And Hawaii, Hawaii could be screwed. Right. You have a, have a warning, warning shot usually too. Um, the phenomenon, they did a really amazing article about this a while ago that I read and forwarded to my parents and was like, um, I never want to hear that you guys are going to the coast for the day. Because if you happen to be there on the day this happens, you're dead. There's nothing else, whatever. Also, if you happen to be in your home where you live right now, you won't die in the flood, but all communications will be severed and I will never know what happens. Um, it's just like no, nobody will be able to get to you. It's just like it's a horrible thing. So he he describes in very artful detail, um, um, like using metaphors and and imagery about what this is going to be when this happens. This building will not stand when this whole thing happens. The whole thing will everything's going to sink into the sea. Seattle's gone. All this kind of stuff. Um, and the way he says it is just so matter of fact. And like this is this is the truth. We'll just, we're all just waiting. We're all just waiting to die, because basically what he says like, it's terrible. Like he basically the idea being your mother committed suicide. She just got out early, because we're all we're all dead. Um, but after he does this monologue, he says you should really use stale bread when you make French toast, because that way the eggs don't sink into the don't get absorbed too much. And that's the end of the monologue, because he tells them how to make French toast better. It's great. It's so great, and then. Alex Wolf in the scene too, even the way he's talking about, and it's like alarmingly relatable sometimes. Um, 
the way he was talking about his mother's suicide was also very mechanical. Like it wasn't like Nicolas Gage was minimizing it. It was like, if you have dealt with a trauma sometimes and you've, you've gone to therapy about it and you've talked about it like ad nauseum, it kind of just not to minimize the emotional weight of it, but like you, you can just say it and it doesn't, it, it doesn't bring out pain every time you bring it up, like in a, in a vocal way or whatever. Like, it's right. just like, it's like I had French toast this morning and my mother committed suicide and you say yeah. it like all kind of in the same tone, in the same breath. To me, this felt very much like that. And then he was like, but my dad's good. Uh, I loved him. He said, uh, he says like, he's locked in. He's not going anywhere or something. Yeah. And so I was like, people like that are, are okay. Like people that are successful like that are, are okay he's not going anywhere and i just loved the whole conversation was so well acted but kind of very mechanical on both ends and you were like oh i understand why these guys have like this business friendship like there is a commonality there where yeah. they both operate in the same same way i loved the scene yeah i loved it um uh and then um they go to visit this guy's dad was played by Adam Arkin, who I really wish would do more movies. Um, Unbelievable. He's a really, really great actor. Um, and uh, he is distant as fuck. Like, he is just, um, just so above it all and beyond it all. Um, and just, yeah, it was... And he... Anyway... Uh, Nicholas Cage confronts him like, oh, "You have my pig, I want my pig," and he's like, uh, "I don't know what you're talking about. Um, even though I did have your pig, it's blah 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 blah." But he's just so above it. Like, um, my advice to you is to go and get another pig, like basically. Um, but he's just such an asshole about everything. Um, Nicholas Cage, I forget the exact words of like. Um, were you always like this or is it just since she died? And like, just the way he says it and the way Adam Arkin stops when Nicolas Cage says it. And doesn't he basically say to Nicolas Cage, the same thing? Like, like, were you always like this or is it just since she died? Because basically yeah yeah. Yeah. like what i loved about this was like you know at first it just kind of felt like alex wolf was the linchpin but now you're like oh these guys know a little bit about each other like they and part of it's a mirror like they are both screwed up because of the passing of a woman Mm -hmm. um and very in some ways similar in some ways different like the callousness is similar and then the directions that they went are very different but a fantastic scene. Arkin is so good in everything he's in. And this, um, he simply could not be bothered by any of this. Like, it, it was so beneath him from a time perspective. He was just in a not urgent way in a rush to not deal with this. Like, it, it was so, um, yeah. like that guy who always says he's busy and you know he's not busy. It was like right. that a little bit. Yeah. Just perfectly done. Um, and, uh, and anyway, just the, yeah, the, the idea, like, this is basically, like, I don't think they ever actually say it, but Nicolas Cage 
Chef Rob, whatever his last name was, um, is uh, was the 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 culinary master of the Pacific Northwest, and then his wife died, and he just removed himself entirely from society, and no one's seen for fifteen years. Like that was the catalyst for it. We move on, but I don't remember if they ever said did they ever say how she died, how his I wife don't died. Think so. I don't. It it feels sudden, um, but I don't think it. I don't. If it had been suicide as they well, they out, probably yeah. would have called it out. So it might have been. I don't know. But whatever it was. Didn't um, feel like a disease. Didn't feel like suicide. Right. I also like that they didn't tell us because it wasn't. It's not a necessary piece of information. It would right. have been a little bit of window dressing, and it might have been f nice to know, but we didn't need to know. And I don't feel like like Nicholas Cage would have gone into a big deal about it. Um, uh, but anyway. Uh, they leave it at that and basically um oh there's this awesome one too of like nicholas cage goes to the house that he lived in with his wife and other people live in it now and there's a little boy yeah. on the back porch and nicholas cage walks around the outside of the thing and he and this little boy have this really sweet conversation and i just kept waiting for like <laughs> the parents to like look out the back door and be like Han, why are you, you talking talk to that to hobo? Lumbering homeless man, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but it was really sweet and it wasn't about anything besides like you know, you know, we used to live here, you know, and this and the little boy was very sweet in it. It was a, it was a little little, uh, little scene, but it was very tender, it was yeah, really, yeah. But anyway, he and Alex Wolfafa, like, um, Alex, Wolf, like, Alex Wolfafa really apologizes for his dad being an asshole about everything, um. But uh, Nicolas Cage apparently won't take no for an answer. And the way he's going to get Adam Arkin to give him back the pig um, is to cook a very special meal. And there's a, like, he has to go to certain spots to get the stuff for it. Um, uh, and, like, he sends Alex Wolfafa to, um, to a cemetery um uh and sees the 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 place where uh her room where his nicholas wife's uh, remains were buried or or put in a mausoleum and then also this woman has like nicholas cage's old collection of like rare wines and like well like she was bequeathed to her and so she's like here here's the bottle that he wants and blah 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 um this, this this movie is full of like really interesting characters who might have their own movie, kind of like this movie that's very weird in a character study, but they only appear in one scene. Like yeah. there's an there's an extended MCU kind of universe thing where everybody gets their own movie, and this is like the Avengers movie where they all come together. Um, but then he goes to uh, this woman, and I honestly thought it was his daughter for a while. Um, this woman who runs a bakery, um, uh, and she had this really tender scene with her about, you know, cause she hadn't seen him in forever. Um, and she turned, she says, I turned it into a bakery. And I'm wondering if this was where the restaurant had been. That's what I thought too. Cause he's um, like going to get an old meal together. Right. Um, but she said, you still make, you know, the, your, the, the baguette that you made or whatever the word it was. She says, of course I do. 
And so she wraps it up and gives it to him. And they have this nice little scene, but then he has to go and make this meal. Um, but he basically goes back to Adam Arkin's house. Adam Arkin just lives in his study. He's the guy who just lives yeah. in his behind his incredible appointed oak desk and just, you know, writing things in some book. Um, and so he has no idea that below him in the kitchen, one of the most famous chefs ever in the Pacific Northwest is making this perfect meal. And then after it's done being made, Alex Wolfefa walks up the steps and kind of knocks on his like frosted glass door. There's that, hey, dad, we made you dinner. And like, I don't have time for this. Dad, we made you dinner. Please come downstairs. And so they have this fancy dinner, which is plated and served and totally like, like, like Nicolas Cage. Um, and Adam Arkin like takes two bites and realizes that this is the meal they had when they were the happiest they'd ever been and just starts weeping. Just, just, just. The, uh, um, and has to like excuse himself from the room. And then Nicolas Cage follows him and immediately Adam Arkin is like, your pig's dead. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. The meth heads killed your pig and I'm really sorry, but I can't give you your pig back. Um, and, uh, it is as though you just told Nicolas Cage again for the first time that his wife died. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I've always, that I always thought while watching the movie was that it, the pig was basically like, like a, like a dog that he had had for 10 years. Like, and people who like, like, you know, Buster, like the idea, like, like your he own personal to dog. Off and I'm still like, obsessed with him. Yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. the thing, like, like everybody who has a, who has a pet, like I had, I had, I had a cat, um, for 12 years and cat got old and very sick and I had to put him down and it was very sad. Um, uh, and I understand that pain of losing, but it was not just like, I lost my best friend and my pet. It was though, like his world had collapsed in on itself. That was his reaction to being told that the pig was dead. Uh, it was it was a very, um, very emotionally, like heart-wrenching scene to watch Nicolas Cage react in that way. And also, Adam Arkin, like knowing he had to tell him that the pig was dead and it was a horrible accident and i would totally give you your pig back if i had your pig i'm really sorry like both of them in that weird state of mind was just uh man really hard to watch um i think i said last time that my favorite episode of television before we discovered ancient aliens yeah. was uh was an episode of the west wing called index chelsea's deo and mm -hmm. it's Adam Arkin yep. and it's Bradley Whitford yep. and Adam Arkin is trying to pull the trauma out of Bradley Whitford for him to realize yeah. what he's done to himself. And I was like, this is so funny because it's kind of a reversal of how Bradley Whitford acted that yeah. where Bradley Whitford is like emotionless and motionless until he puts two and two together. Um, and then just kind of lets it fly. And I was like, this is so funny because Adam Arkin is like emotionless, emotionless. And then he takes a couple bites of the meal and it's just a mess after that. Like, 
so and it's i've been in that position i've seen people in that position of just being so emotionally locked up until you're not and then once you once you open that can of worms the worms come absolutely flying out we don't really get in this scene a justification for why he was going after that pig in the first place was my only thing <laughs> not here yeah i mean it does feel like it was it was uh pointed like to specifically screw over yeah Nicholas Cage, but also particularly to screw over his son it felt because, more like his son to me because, like, this guy just seems like he was living in a shack for five years, you know? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, like, if he has a history with Chef Rob, yes. um, yeah. you know, like, that that it might be kind of like, you know, a, a, an old grudge. But this guy, I does not feel like this guy could be, um, A, viewed as the devil by everybody in the culinary <laughs> scene of Portland, and B... Um, have everything that he has just by being the number one wholesaler of truffles in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. There's got to be more to his businesses than that. I'm sure there is. But we don't get any other window into what that might be. Um, but like uh, Alex Wolfefa talks talking about um, his father uh, and him like splitting up the the trade in the area. Um and how it's like I don't step on his clients, and he doesn't he doesn't get involved in mine. Well, mostly, and it's kind of like this this thing that we, like the dad can take whatever he wants, and I feel like the dad is willing to like you know you're getting too successful, and I because I hate everything, um, I'm going to destroy you, my son. <laughs> um, kind of a thing of like you know like if you if you don't have your best producer of truffles, then you will just done. Also, this is a really good truffle pig who finds all this stuff. There's a really awesome moment where, like, um, Nicholas Cage says, you don't need a pig to find truffles. You can just learn, after a while, you learn to figure out where truffles would grow, and then you look for them there. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's it, like, he because it would make sense, you know, if, like, truffles grow here, specific where, conditions, specific yeah. conditions where it's shady, facing the the north or whatever, like that kind of stuff. And this it's, type um, of soil or whatever, yeah. yeah, like. And so, uh, but anyway, it's um, it. I would say the thing I. It's hard to say because I think the the scene was tremendous, but I think the thing I liked the least about the movie, was that he doesn't get reunited with his pig. <laughs> Like it kind of sucks. I want, I wanted, I wanted a happy ending. I mean, it's happy ending is a happy of an ending as it can be. Um, uh, and so much of the movie is like, I mean, we see him being depressed in a shack alone. We see him getting his shit kicked in, which felt very out of the way to when we got to this point. I was yeah. like, the Fight Club thing felt out of the way of this. Yeah, yes, it did. Um, it felt like um the uh the filmmaker the director had had made a short film about a, a, a weird underground fight club yes. and was and 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 like, decided he had to he had to like fold it in to his bigger picture i don't know why uh but yeah i did Very not feel awkward. like it was part of it um uh but like after this he just ends up going back to his old 
shack in the woods, but with no pig. And he just sits there and he listens to the to his dead wife's birthday song for him. Um, what's what's? Oh, it's uh, "I'm on Fire" by uh, Bruce Springsteen is what she sings to him. Um, and it's her voice is haunting. You can tell she's not like properly trained, but it's still beautiful. And um, it's just a very it was it's it's really really affecting to watch him with literally having now nothing, nothing in his life to remember having everything like in that moment. Nicholas Cage I think is 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 one of um one of our greatest living actors because like he can take something as ridiculous as this. Like hobo who lives in the woods had a pig stolen Used to be a great chef. Five star chef. Yeah. Goes to be goes on an odyssey to get his pig back, but his pig is already dead. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know what are what are the what are the what are the clues in the script for how to play this character, and yet the whole way through it feels absolutely authentic. Um, uh, and and like you know, you can go back through his entire uh, career, and there's always does stuff like as crazy as crazy as his like performances are i always feel like no no he's crazy in this role because the character is crazy he finds those roles but like and every, and every one of us is crazy at least a little bit of the time i think yeah i think most people it's more his film selections that yeah. his that his actual performances in it and that yeah him, yeah he's 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 been in some stinkers recently this was not <laughs> this was not a stinker um, it was, it was, it was very artistic and maybe even, um, overreaching a bit. Um, That's, but I, yeah, there was like, it, you, if one of the actors is bad, this whole thing falls apart was how I felt about it. Like if a sing, if the nervous yeah. waiter is bad, yeah. it falls apart. Yeah. If Adam Arkin sucks, it falls apart. If any, any one character is bad, this whole thing, I think unravels. And it just kind of goes some places it doesn't need to go, I feel like. Yeah, um, I'll agree with that. And I get it. But I also feel like, you know, we went on this journey ultimately for nothing. Like for him to be down a friend, which is like sad and some in some ways realistic. Well, but like there wasn't really like a satisfying payoff. No, I, I think a lot of it is that like, well, it's it's his it's his it's his monologue about how we're all gonna die. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Um, Which the, isn't like a particularly. I, I, I yeah no, but but I think that that the the overall philosophy of the movie is that um, is that that life is kind of terrible. <laughs> Which I mean, if you're not in the mood to watch a movie like that, I feel you. Um, but it, but it certainly made me think um, when I watched it. Um, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know what the movie was going to be, and I certainly didn't think it was going to be this profound. Um, I, you know, you know what I honestly, what I, what I thought it might be, because again, I only watched that original trailer, and they didn't really give you much of a detail of it. I thought it was going to be like an art house version of like taken with Liam Neeson but with a with a with a pig. 
It kind of was. Like, like I mean, kind, kind <laughs> of, kind of was. He didn't kill anybody, but um, uh, yeah, he. It's, it's. That's why some, we had the Fight Club scene. You needed an, a physical yes. amalgamation of yes. him getting his shit kicked in, so it wasn't yes. emotional and mental the whole time. You're right. Um. You're right. Yeah, I guess it. It was mostly like an hour and a half of a guy being sad. <laughs> Like at the end of the day, it was like very artistic, extremely well acted, um, interesting story for the most part. Yeah. Um, th- to me, the acting in this was was paramount. Like I, I felt like every single person selected was really, really good in this. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. The the thing about it that I love about about him um is that is that sometimes he will he will pick just the biggest clunkers imaginable to pay off his debts and sometimes he will say because i he must get hundreds of scripts across every week because people know there's a chance nicholas cage might do my weird b movie um and this is one that was like an art house type of thing um but also, this is one that I might have to make you watch at some point because I really want to watch it. And if I watch it, I want to get paid for it. So I'll, I'll do the I'll do the thing. Um, it's called jujitsu, but it is absolutely not about jujitsu. Um, so I'll say this, this for this: this was largely about a pig. Yeah. Um, it says <clears throat> every six years. An ancient order of jujitsu fighters joins forces no. to battle a vicious, a vicious race of alien invaders. Ah, huh? this is basically Mortal Kombat against aliens with Nicholas Cage. Are you Cage sure this in is it. in our NXT review? This sounds like an NXT review. Um, <laughs> but no. when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat, the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance. Immediately, no. You're going to have a guest sit in on that episode. <laughs> Another Nicolas Cage mark and you guys could be weird together. No. Uh, yeah, okay. Because if Nicolas Cage is not in that movie, you have no interest in that movie. No, it's, it's so true. Yeah. So true. 100%. Uh, yeah, but I but I, I want to I see a, 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 a Nicolas Cage play an ancient jujitsu fighter who fights aliens. Of course I want to see that. How could how would anybody not want to see that? Making the courtship look pristine. <laughs> they chose the wrong guy in the end. Uh, yeah, I heard. We, I guess. Hey, let's give an update on the courtship. Courtship update. Courtship update. Courtship update from you, Kate. If you want Temptation Island ones, I can give you those too. But we'll stick with the courtship for now. Um, because they both had their finales. She chose Danny B, who was just like this boring real estate agent with a really thick New York accent who was about as charismatic as piece of paper. I did not enjoy him. She had handsome wrestling coach who, easy on the eyes, that fella, and was very sweet and like a little introverted. I really liked him. And then your guy, the one guy you really liked, Christian, who was mm-hmm. like very everyman and turned out to be gender fluid and we loved him. And out of those three, she chose Danny B, who's like pretty meh and not even that cute. <laughs> um, I love it. As soon as I as I I Google 
ship, Danny B. Um, here's the first thing that comes up. Hold on. Come on. Come on. Go back. Let's go back to the thing I said. Um, it says, uh, Corp Chip fans are mad at Miss Remy for choosing the wrong guy. <laughs> it's not just I am That's what I love about it. I am those. <laughs> yeah, and, that is me. That is me. Cor the courtship fans slam Nicole Remy for choosing Dan Danny B. Um, he was three out of the last three. Like, too bad. Too bad. And like, um, one, two, huge gap. Three. Danny B. Doing nothing. Yeah. Bah. So. Um, uh, oh, uh, Ancient Aliens uh, update. Um, I, I wanted, I wanted to know what they thought about, uh, um, the, found, the founding fathers. I wanted to know what they thought about the founding fathers. Go on. Um, it was a really, it was a really lackluster episode. Like, oh. I wanted it to be like, like they thought George Washington was an alien, but no, there's like the, the Freemasons probably like they read old, old texts. And so the old texts were, pro all, were all about the Greek gods, and the Greek gods were all obviously aliens. So therefore, they read about aliens, and that's why. Oh, the U.S. is alien inspired. That's that's they they like, um, uh, they said, um, oh oh, uh, the full thing starts with, um, a bunch of people in 1952 flying over Washington D.C saw flying saucers um and then it said could it be that these same visitors were watching over us at the beginning of our country like that's the, that's the initial leap and i'm like yeah. come you on you lost me you but, lost but, uh, there was one of the, like that that um the uh that during valley forge where where the where the the U.S. Army was at its at its lowest point. Nobody had shoes. They were getting their feet falling off from frostbite. There was no way they were going to win. And then eventually they did. Right. Well, what? How how did they go from the the absolute rock bottom to winning and defeating the British? I know. Oh, how was it? Aliens. Yeah. Um, George Washington apparently went out into the woods to to think to have a think. Uh, and there he was visited by aliens. Who provided him supplies? And the aliens um, told him everything that was going to happen in the future of um, of this war. And Psychic indeed... Psychic aliens. And indeed all of... Um, and indeed all of American history. Oh, um, that's neat. Like, they showed him a map of America. And indeed... Um, and remember, at this time, not all of America was mapped out, at least not in a way that George Washington would know that it was. And they they showed him a map that um, that there's no way he could have known this at the time, but had all of the major cities of all over America marked on the map. Um, and because there's no way that uh, George Washington could have known about it, um, how do we know about it that this is a thing that actually happened? Well, as it turns out, George Washington had an aide who who was with him at the time of who this en encounter. Really? Uh, no. Um, wow. And that aide 
li- uh, lived um, until almost the year, uh, like until 18 something, something uh, like far, far in the middle of the, of the, of the 19th century. And on his deathbed, he recounted how George Washington was visited by an alien and he was there and George Washington swore him to silence. Um, and he couldn't keep it inside because he knew nobody else would know. So he had to tell the whole thing. So this one dude who was like probably racked with dementia uh, on his deathbed says, no, George Washington was visited by aliens. And that's why all these things are, these, 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 I, I know. <sighs> nice death. Um, yeah, it's gone. And so we have no way of checking on any of that shit. Cause it's just re- recounted. Um, From like yeah. the 1880s or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, do you know that the Washington Monument was is points at the heavens where the aliens live? Like, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an obvious. Tops of buildings usually go yeah, yeah point up. Um, but there was there was one thing of like uh, a lot of it was um, there's a there's a statue of George Washington where he's like sculpted as though he's a Greek god. Um, the 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 painting at the top of the Capitol Rotunda depicts um, George Washington seated among the gods, and they were like, "Does this mean that George Washington uh, was actually an alien who was a god?" And I was like, "No, it means George Washington was a fucking egomaniac, or the people who viewed who, him as a god, who viewed him as a god, because like you can't, because obviously he's got to be a god if he's the first president." And that's why we probably shouldn't praise all these guys as though they were gods because they were just human. But anyway, <sighs> that's that's the whole thing. And I was like, that was really kind of meh. let us meh. down, ancient aliens. Come on, ancient aliens. Well, now <laughs> now I got no choice but to watch the one about cowboys and give you an update next week. Oh, yes. Um, all right, so there we go. We, we've we've done our we've done our hour. We have. Minutes. I failed to rope you in to watching jujitsu with me. No. Um, we, did a, no. we did we did our update on the courtship and an update on ancient aliens. I think we're done, Kate. I think we've I think we've reached our quota. Well, we have one important question to ask. Would you get the flick out of here? Or would you I would absolutely I would I would absolutely not get the flick out of here. I I will not get the flick out of here because I feel as though other people should see this, but I <laughs> I won't reflick. Like I don't need to go back and watch this. Oh again. no, no, this is this is too depressing for me to yes. watch it again. This was like, one and like, done. Yeah, it was it was really good. I'm glad I watched it. Like I would not say, man, that was a waste of time. I'm not right. I, I, like that's that's to me is like like uh, this was if if at any point during the watching of the film did I say I don't want to be watching this anymore. Right. That's, which is important because we watch a lot of wrestling that right gives us no emotion so it's nice yeah. to have something that makes us yes that's true. feel something like for example <laughs> five minutes into senior year i was like i don't want to be watching this anymore and yeah, that was not good that <laughs> so was not good. so this was different in that this way was. and yeah I'm, i was I'm definitely intrigued that. the whole time yeah yes so we um, both keep the flick but it's not like oh i'm gonna watch it again and again right right that's so it. anyway so that, that's good this is this is you know again it's not Funny. stupid bad and weird it's just it doesn't have to be all three of those things for us to review it this one was just weird it wasn't bad or stupid and niche like there's people that i would not recommend this to that is true yeah 
that is true. You have to be in the right frame of mind, and also, yeah, yeah, it is, it is definitely niche. Um, anyway, so okay, where can everybody find you who, who wants to find you? Uh, you can find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter by the time this goes up, probably, and uh, also on TikTok by that name, and Kate's Instagram's on the Instagram. You can find me on the Twitter at Alex Sourgraps and find us if you if you like wrestling. You uh, you'll find us, us. You cannot get away from us on the Fightful <laughs> channels because we'll be talking week. about that literally every every day of every every day forever. It feels like um, every day it's a getting closer. Um, that's right. Pick I don't me know. up, I... love, from the <laughs> bottom. I bound to the top low every day. He sounds like a DVD player that's skipping Dave Matthews. Ain't no matter. Don't are fancy. I'm gonna take my chances. I think we've done too many podcasts. <laughs> I think we have. Let's end this one before it gets out of hand. Oh, Goodbye, goodness. everybody. We'll see you next time. R E S P E C T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.